Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 222. Yes, sir. All right, but before we start the podcast, I'll just uh, preface everything. Um, this won't be a very long one due to one, I, I'm doing this before work, and two, we're doing the podcast early because I'm going to be uh, gone Saturday and Sunday. Uh, me, my sister, and my dad are going to be hanging with my dad. Um, and for those that are regular listeners, I think you understand my dad's situations. Yeah, he has stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably does. He doesn't have a long time to live. So we're embarking on, you know, this possibly being the last Father's Day that we may have with our dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is uh, it's very unfortunate um, when you think about the situation. We're just taking this head on and just, you know, just savoring the moment, enjoying these moments. Because, you know, everybody's got shit. We all have got things we went through. Some people, you've lost people. People have died, moms, dads, uncles, brothers, sisters, whomever. I think the privilege that me and my sister have at least is being able to to make moments with our dad, mm-hmm. you know, prior to him leaving. But, yeah, we're, we're doing this podcast to, uh, early on mm-hmm. Friday morning. So, also, I was stating that because there could be some giant world event that goes on, and you guys will be like, yo, why didn't you guys address this? And it's because we did it Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think enough podcasts do that. They don't give you like a warning. They just they just release a podcast that's just with mm-hmm. with no, you know, what was that? My computer notifications. Oh man, you got to mute that, man. I actually don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang, that'll be crazy. Ba-doom, ba-doom, ba-doom. <laughs> and it's on both things. So it's connected. Yeah. Oh. Uh, both of the computers are tied together. Is it connected to your phone too? Yeah, but my phone is on Do Not Disturb. Oh, okay. I don't. I just don't know how to do that on the laptop. Oh. Okay, that works. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Father's Day is coming up. Um, Father's Day, what was hilarious, I was listening to a comedian, I think his name is Ali Sadiq, and he was talking about how Father's Day is like, it's ranked the 20th, it's like ranked 20th for like best holidays. Mm-hmm. He said the days that are ranked above, hollow, like bank, ranked above Father's Day is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like Mother's Day is number two. He said it's Christmas, then it's your mama, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Mother's Day is up there. Father's Day is 20th, and Halloween is ranked above Father's Day. Really? Yeah, he said yeah. so. He says, nigga, so clowns and goblins is more important than your dad? <laughs> yeah. He said, Arbor Day is ranked above. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, Valentine's Day is ranked above Father's Day. Yeah. That's nuts. You know what's fucked up? We, we got to stop doing this, and I don't give a fuck who hears this. Ladies and gentlemen, more importantly, ladies, a lot of men who are the breadwinners of the family and are willing to sacrifice everything for their family, they will work all different shifts. They'll come in late. They'll, you know, they'll change a tire when you, when, you know, when you have a blown out tire. You know, they'll defend your honor when someone disrespects you. And then all you do is go get him some socks. And they also <laughs> make you a mother. Yeah, it's true. Without him blowing your back out, you're not a mother. Yeah, without them, without them 20 seconds that we give y'all, <laughs> not be a mom. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, and it's a couple things that women get men like get men because one, men don't really, a lot of men, especially men who go hard for their family, they're not like I want this or I like this or I want this. Like men, just we don't even have expectations. Mm-hmm. Like it's like at some point. Like, they get men working boots. You get him shit to work even more. 
That's crazy. You huh? got him some work boots. You yeah. got him some work socks. Yeah. You you got him some fucking uh tools. Yeah. Like shit that like like for him to work more. Yeah, I think Father's Day should be more intentional, especially if you have like a decent father in your life. Right, right, right. Y'all should be more intentional with that, making sure. And uh, you know, a lot of men are pretty simple. Yeah. You know, you can get you can get um uh your father or you know grandpa whatever the case may be like more sentimental stuff yeah you know family pictures and you know uh maybe they like to golf you can get them you know some golf balls or whatever the case may be um just something that actually means something to them yeah um if your dad's working on let's say he's working on an old vintage car like an old like chevy c10 or whatever right Mm -hmm. and he he tells you the type of paint job he wants, and and it's, and it's this type of year, and it's this specific, and it's this color code. How about you and your sisters and your mom, aunts, whomever, get together, find a really good painter in town, and tell him, hey, we'll pay you the money to get this paint job done, mm-hmm. and we'll get we'll get we'll tow this truck over there, get it painted, and bring it back. And on Father's Day, he'll come out to a painted truck. Mm-hmm. That's a real gift. Stop giving your dad socks, okay? Stop. <laughs> stop with the fucking socks, guys. Unless they're it. clap cleats. Yes. Clap. Well, well, we, I mean, look, clap cleats ain't reached back out to us. <laughs> Shout out to clap cleats. Respect. But, you know. If you want some more siblings. We, we, know, we no longer can give you uh, press until you start paying us, okay? <laughs> yeah. Need some, money. need some money, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, mm. gotta, you, can't, you cannot be promoting another a product for free. When they yeah. have not, you know, and it's not no no slight to clap cleats, yeah. But uh, clap cleats, you got you got to start paying, brother. Send us some money. Yeah, send send us some money. We, I think that is a it. good Father's Day gift, though. What clap cleats? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it's not. Maybe if it, it's a good Father's Day gift if it's like like husband. I mean, not husband. Uh, could be husband, but like partner to partner. You know mm. what I mean? Not you. Not no kid giving their dad no clap cleats. That's wild. I don't know. I, I guess so. I, I assume so. But it's like I'm giving you socks to give you the same pussy you've been getting for the last 35 years. But it's it's different. That grip. Yeah, it's probably different. The, yeah. the, 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 the grips. Mm-hmm. The grips probably give you a little more traction. Mm-hmm. All right. We got to stop with the clap cleats. They ain't paying us. Yeah. All right. Get your dad. I get uh, get him regular socks. Go to regularsocks.com. <laughs> Use uh, Trucker's Trucker Ten for a fifteen percent discount discount for uh, regular socks. Yeah, regularsocks.com. Yeah, maybe we can create a competitor. Mm, that would be fire. Yeah, that because yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just some grip on some socks. That's it. That's all. It's just polymer grips. We yeah. could we could create that very easily. I know we some could, people at Alibaba.com that are. Yeah, we could change yeah. it up and make it black owned. Afro socks. Afro <laughs> Go to afrosocks.com. Use the yeah. discount code trucker10 for a 20% discount. Yeah. Reach out to our friends at Afro Socks to support black lives. It'd be like BBCC. What's that? Big black clap cleats. Oh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> you don't even want to play on their name. Yeah. Yeah. You could call them, yeah, uh, BBS, Big Black Socks. Big Black Socks. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Go to BigBlackSocks.com. 20% discount. Use Tucker 10. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That was funny. Everything is just branding at the end of the day. Yeah. If you, look, here's the thing, too. This is for the ladies that um, you might have, you might be pregnant 
or you got a good boyfriend and he's a good father to your like he's a good father to your kids or whatever the case or he's a stepdad whatever let oh, stepdads for sure they need some extra like, oh they need some extra love yeah taking care of somebody else i know a lot of y'all don't want to hear this but I, I think it's important that the <clears throat> stepfathers out there they deserve credit because they're doing more than a regular dad they're taking on the responsibility of a child that's not theirs mm-hmm. and they're and they are expected as a man to be just as good or better as the previous dad let's say the dad is a deadbeat i'm at that point a man is expected to be what that man isn't Mm -hmm. so for that he deserves and a lot of times i hate to say this and it's not to say that all women do this but a lot of them do they get a good man he's good to their kids they appreciate it but they don't really understand like how significant that situation is yeah you found a man that literally took your kid that he didn't know and a kid that could be disrespecting him. Fuck you. You're not my dad. Fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. He's dealing with that shit. He's dealing probably with the fact that like, he can't even properly discipline that child because you know, you might not even let him do it. But yeah. he's also expected to pay for everything. He's probably mm-hmm. also expected to pay for the kid's trips. To take him here, to go there, to blah blah blah. Especially if they're older. Oh, if they're older, they don't yeah. give a fuck. Like you meet your your girl, your wife at you know when you're, the kid is twelve, oh, 10 yeah. years old or something. He already got a whole you know ten years, twelve years of life. He got his mind made dad. up. Mm-hmm. He's already set in his ways at twelve years old. <clears throat> you know, and he's gonna be disrespectful. You know, and it's not that. I think with me, I would just use some Jedi mind tricks. Uh-huh. Like every time he keeps disrespecting me, I would purposely go in there. In, in the room at night and just be smashing his mom so he could hear it. That's crazy. I'd be like, yeah, I know you don't like me, but your mom likes it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Eddie, those Afro those Afro socks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Them Afro socks hitting different. I know. <laughs> Kid in there just fuming. Kid got headphones on. He tired uh, of hearing the noise. That's funny. If a little kid disrespect you, you do the same tactic, they're going to be like, stop hurting my mommy. <laughs> You're hurting my mom. <laughs> it's that's okay. Funny. Jimmy, he's just making your mommy feel good, okay? Yeah. Now, that stepdad world is, is different. Yeah, bro. That's that's a whole nother beast. You can't. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it's, sometimes it'd be cool, though. I know. I I did. I, I remember one of my friends one time, he was, he was saying, like, his stepson, had, he just, he, like, bought something wild, like, Maybe spent like two hundred dollars on the Xbox. Uh, I don't know what if it's a network or whatever, but he spent like a bunch of money on a game, Um, and obviously it came out of you know the dad stepdad's personal account. And uh, he was saying that he whooped him when he got home, but he was like, "It's my stepson, so I couldn't whoop him how I really wanted to whoop him." But you know, he got. So I know that's that's part of the the struggle for a lot of stepdads. I think I think what it takes for stepdads, it's gonna take you. Here's the thing that sucks. I think being a stepdad to a little child is more beneficial than being a stepdad to an older child. Because mm-hmm. if a child is two years old and you come into the child's life, you got a lot more leverage mm-hmm. because you're coming into it where, where the child is a little more impressionable, but in a good way, you know, mm-hmm. where you can grow with that child. And in like seven, six, seven years, you built up so much like like, you know, uh, continuity and yeah. that with that child that, you know. Like I'm your stepdad, or I'm just your flat out your dad type shit, and it'll it'll play. Mm-hmm. But when the kid is 10, 12, 13, they don't give a fuck with you, and they're gonna disrespect you. Mm-hmm. 
And if and the worst one is if the kid is closer to eighteen. If the kid closer to eighteen, bro, you better off just you know treating them like as a young man, keeping your distance, being respectful. But yeah. then sometimes they think they could get out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's like all you do is play it cool and wait till he turn eighteen. And if you keep telling his mom and his mom don't do nothing about it, like, it's fine. He just needs to warm up to you. And you you keep watching him disrespect me. I'm going to wait till he's 18 and he's going to do it again. And I'm going to fuck him up. <laughs> and I don't at that point, I don't care if we break up. I'm about to hurt your son. Like, <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm about to hurt your son because he's 18 now and mm-hmm. he acts like a little kid. I'll be like, hey, man. Like, I've, I've allowed this for the last couple of years, but you're 18. So next time you do it, I'm going to knock your ass out. And he'd be like, oh, you going to knock me out? I'm like, yep, I'm going to knock you out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stepdads be having it rough. Yeah. It's a way to play it, though. Like, you got to, uh, you know, try to be cordial, at least. And it, does, it doesn't always, you know, come with tension. I just True. think sometimes sometimes it takes a little bit to, to come around to a step. Because you, you got to think as a as a kid in a, in a stepdad situation, you got you're dealing with your mom dating somebody, which kind of probably doesn't make you feel yeah, that great right. anyways. Um, and then it's just an entirely different person. That's not your dad, you know, kind of fulfilling that, that role. Um, and then you got, um, you, you also like, I don't know, sometimes I will, I will say they're, they're, they're much needed. So however you make that situation work, you got to make yeah. it work. Cause you know, yeah. we all need fathers in our lives. True. But I think what exacerbates the situation is if your mama was a hoe, I'm keeping it real. <clears throat> that makes it worse. Cause he goes, he going to be like, man, you just another nigga. She bringing around here. Oh yeah. And I you, mean, I, I'm, I don't even even go there. I'm thinking more of like serious, like it's not really a stepdad if they are not married. No, no. What I'm saying is this. Like, you have to play yourself into a role. You just don't become stepdad overnight anyways. Yeah. You actually, there's a prequel to that. So, yeah. like, for example, if, if the if the kid's mom is sleeping around and bringing a bunch of dudes over, and yeah. then you a dude to come over, and you just, like, just being cool, being respectful, yeah. you might be disrespected based on the fact that his mom is bringing all these fucking guys around, and he like, man, you just another one of these motherfuckers that come around here, man. Shut up. Yeah. And you like, hey, dog, it ain't even like that. Because mm-hmm. you never know what you're dealing with. Yeah. You never know. Mm-hmm. You know, and now the, now the teenagers all tripping out and mad at you because these guys, all he's just hearing clapping noises like every week. That's all he's yeah. hearing. Mom is in there getting there, be, uh, living her life. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's not a good look. Oh, yeah. I I know, I, and this is no slight to women as a whole, but I know women like this. Mm-hmm. I know women who have a lot of different male suitors, and they over there clapping. And in the kids just like don't is they don't have any respect for any of the men that she brings around. Yeah, I would imagine she's just trying to sex her way into who whoever got the best dick is gonna get <laughs> is gonna put a ring on it. I guess I don't know. That's gonna be like a reality show. <laughs> <laughs> who will have the best dick? <laughs> Could you imagine a? <laughs> A, comp- a competition like that? That's not a competition. That's a dickitition. <laughs> dickitition. <laughs> <laughs> on As, the neck. <laughs> on the nest, best dick. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, you have Nick Lachey and, and what's her name? Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be hosting that show. Nick Cannon up there and shit. Nick Cannon, up, Nick Cannon in the competition, though. On the next, deadliest cock. <laughs> you know that show, deadliest catch? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, you can see those game show hosts. Mm-hmm. Fucking Carson Daly's up there. Yeah. So how do you rate your performance? I mean, I was tired. I had a lot of Hennessy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was really tired. I, I didn't really get my best work in. But, uh, 
yeah, I mean, it's a better time. Next they time. can do it like a. They could do like the NBA playoffs, where it's like a like a best out of seven. Yeah, yeah. You have a dick off. Yeah, and she just kind of assesses assesses it afterwards. That's I, man. That's that's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, dude. This the idea of like how people rate relationships. Yeah, some men and some some men and women are so stupid. They'd be like, so what? What drawn you closer to her? Like, man, like just the head was crazy. Yeah, you'd be like, bro, you married her for that? That's a, <laughs> that's hell, a young man's hell that's yeah, a young man's game. Hell yeah, yeah. You can't be you can't be basing who you gonna marry off no head. I, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, and you know, and, uh, kind of a to piggyback off that conversation with uh, on Father's Day. First of all, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Oh yeah. Um, also, too, like this is a, a a great opportunity. It's no better opportunity than than um, when you're hearing this or after you finish listening to this to get right with your dad. Yeah, I know it's a lot of people out there. They got issues. They might have been in a physical altercation with your dad, or whatever. He done. He broke up with your mom. He divorced your mom. Whatever the case may be. Um, but the best thing that you can do, and especially you know, hearing how um, Eddie and his sisters, you know, dealing with you know their father and that, that situation, like it's. Um, Time is not promised, you know, and the next moment is not promised. Us finishing this podcast is not promised. Right. And um, you don't want to. It's one thing to live your life um, with uh, the kind of trauma that it may be associated with your father. Uh, but it's another thing to live your life with the trauma that is associated with your father and then that father passing away mm. and you didn't ever get right with it. Right. So you living with the trauma that he caused you and then right. you also living with the fact that you never got right with your 100%. With your dad. And um that's that's a rough life. So yes. I you know, I just say to anybody like and I mean, me and my dad don't have the best relationship by any means, but like I'm right we have a we have a cord, a cordial relationship and I tell him I love him every time I see him. 100%. Um so um, yeah, that's just my my suggestion to anybody out there because it's a it's a rough life, you know, living the rest of your days. Yeah, you know, and your father's done moved on, and you just out here like feeling all kind of yeah. emotions. Hundred <laughs> percent. When I see your pops and hug him up, I tell him I love him too because mm-hmm. he played a role in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Like I mm-hmm. met your pops when I was fuck. <laughs> oh man, that was like two thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like yeah, that was two thousand, bro. Yeah. My first, so we talking twenty two years ago. Gosh dang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I I think you should get your relationships right with your dad, and and even if you can't get it right, we all have different situations. Some some people, some of our dads, uh, you know, some people uh, create new families and mm-hmm. don't have as much contact with you. And there's mm-hmm. some people's dads that are homeless or on the streets or on drugs. I don't care what the situation is, mm-hmm. they need to know. Like you at least need to let them know you love them, yeah, and that you care about them. And regardless of what happens in life, that needs to be where you stand. You need to exist in this space where you have a general love and um, care for them, yeah. Because sometimes they're not working with the reality where they could actively care for you. Because sometimes they didn't have dads. Like my father didn't have a dad. Yeah, that affects how men father their sons yeah you know what i'm saying and ultimately you can see as you get older as a man yourself 
you can see the disparities in your own father. Like yeah. where where you and him, like in some ways that they're not. I won't say they're mad at at you, but like mm-hmm. my dad was there for me, and mm-hmm. I feel like he is probably reminded how shortchanged he was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Birthdays, all kind of shit. Like his dad wasn't there. Yeah. One thing too is like sometimes as and maybe us sitting here, we got more tools than at least my dad or yeah. maybe your dad have. Yeah. So in terms of like, you know, making making amends with, with those situations or trying to make those relationships right, um, it requires a bigger person, you know? 100%. Them, they may be able to live the rest of their life being that version of a father mm-hmm. that they are. But, you know, when you realize as, as the son or, you know, the younger person in a situation, we got as millennials and whatnot, we got a certain level of, and you're not, not even just millennials, I see anybody really, but I guess, you know, me speaking about myself, um, we got a certain set of tools. We got access to podcasts and we got access right. to, to books and therapy and all these different things that a lot of um, the previous generation didn't have. Um, so like we got it. I mean, it's, it's okay to, to be the bigger person. You know, and and that's speaking about in terms of a father, but just in any situation where you might have fell out with a friend 10 years ago and y'all haven't spoke since, like, you know, just figure out the tools, figure out the way to communicate with these people. And it's and and it's also okay that the relationship doesn't turn into what it used to be. But, you know, I'm just speaking from a position of I know what it looks like when somebody's parent dies and they haven't got right with that person right. and they got to live with that you know and that's right. rough like that even now sense. like i'm thinking about it like like i'm low-key getting emotional because I, I think about the things that my dad did like wrong and did right mm-hmm. um and like like the things he did right was like expressing um that he loved me mm-hmm. um like giving me hugs or giving me a kiss and whatnot uh, on the head before i went to school yeah and he did that every Every time he dropped me off, even yeah. if I was embarrassed, I'd be like, man. Yeah. You know, um, and it's a lot of young men that either didn't have a father or they had a father who was just unemotional, like emotionally unavailable that, you know, it's some, it's, I forgot, I was talking to somebody and he told me that his dad didn't tell him that he loved him until he was about to die. He's like, I love you, son. That's crazy. And it's like, bro, that's yeah. not, ma- that's not masculinity. Mm-hmm. That's not being a man. Like hug your sons, kiss them, tell them mm-hmm. you love them. You know, if I have a son more specifically, like he'll know that it's okay to cry and all of these things. Like, you know, that's I think that's one thing that my dad definitely got right. Like he didn't like flip out on me if I cried or something happened. Yeah. I remember I remember one time I broke my ankle when I was in junior high mm-hmm. and um, I was trying to walk it off because I was a tough kid. Um, but I was trying to walk it off and it was just kept hurting. And I, I the the vice principal at the time. Uh, just send me back to class. He's like, you're a big dude. Let's go ahead and go back to class, right? Very old school guy. Old mm-hmm. school guy. Mm-hmm. And turns out my ankle was just hurting real bad. And I told my dad later and I went to the hospital, found out I had a broken ankle. And then initially when he had came up to the school, like my dad had tears in his eyes and he was fucking furious. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, he's like, you're going to pay for every dime of my son's medical expenses. Or, or or this school will not have a bowl of oatmeal to eat 
mm-hmm. out of this fucking school. Mm-hmm. Do you understand me? He's like, well, sir, you can't come up here making demands. He said, man, fuck you. Mm-hmm. He's like, my son broke his ankle and you sent him back to class. And it was you, motherfucker. And the dude was just looked like he's seen a ghost. Yeah. And they paid for every fucking medical. Anytime I went back to the hospital to get mm-hmm. the cast on, to get the cast off, they paid every dime of it. Mm-hmm. You know, so... That's my, my dad stuck up for me in every situation. If a, it, uh, if we had a parent teachers conference and he could see that I was fucking up, he held me accountable for it. Yeah. If he seen that the <clears> teacher <throat> was a dickhead, he held them accountable. Yeah. My dad almost got in a fight with one of my teachers and it was fucking, it was intense, man. <laughs> I remember, uh, <laughs> uh, Mr. Bass, Mr. Bass, he was, a, he was actually a really good guy, but he was a hard nosed motherfucker. He was a, a football coach too. Yeah. But, Mr. Bass was probably at least, I could be wrong, but he was tall. He was taller than my dad, so he mm-hmm. was probably 6'5", probably almost 6'6". Six, six. Big yeah. guy, big fucking dude. And he had said something. He said I was acting stupid or he just was pretty disrespectful to me one day and told me, kicked me out of class. And uh, I was in the office and I told my dad. And literally the next day there was a, a parent-teacher conference where it was the, the, the principal, I think her name was Mrs. Fambro, was a black woman, Miss Fambro. And then um, Mr. Bass and my dad and Mr. Bass is standing up when my dad walks in and uh, he's like, you guys can take a seat. And then my dad did sit down and then he was like, you got And then Miss Fambro was like, you guys can have a seat. He's like, I'll have a seat when he sit down. Yeah. Right. So then Mr. Bass finally sat down and it kind of got aggressive, like mm-hmm. just the talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo. Me and Miss Fambro was literally scared. <laughs> These two large men was about to fucking fight. And then they, they eventually had a meeting. Wait, how big was Mr. Bass? Mr. Bass was like 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, God dang. Yeah. And That's crazy. When my dad walked in, he's a big guy then too. Yeah. So he was like, uh, when he walked in, my dad walked in, Mr. Bass wouldn't sit down. Miss Fambro asked them both to be seated. Yeah. And he said, my dad said, I'm not sitting down until he sit down. Yeah. And then they sat down. He's like, yeah, you need to watch how you talk to my son. He said, well, your son needs to pay attention in class or yeah. whatever. He said, you know what? I'm going to handle that with my son. But you don't ever w- watch your fucking mouth when you're talking to my son. Mm-hmm. You don't tell him like that. And then they went back and forth a little bit. Then they shook hands. And I think they ended up like chuckling and laughing a little bit. God dang, attention. Yeah, the tension wall. I think that the it went from being I think that's how men handle things sometimes. Like they could see, like, okay, I see that he has a dad that represents him that's not gonna allow this to go on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that especially if I become a father, I'm gonna stick up for my kids. Yeah. You know, but my dad also has chewed me out when I, I remember I um I fucking uh I forged his signature on a report card. I for sure have done that before. <laughs> Not a report card. It was like a it was it was like a like a like a in class referral type thing. Right. Like, hey, your kid was throwing erasers in class. So sign this to let me know that you know that your son was out here acting up. Um yeah. And my I signed for my mom, but my mom got it like a I should have signed for my dad. It would have been much easier because his signature is terrible. But my mom got like a unique <laughs> way of signing it that I like. You have to have practiced that for thirty years yeah. to really get that right. But yeah, yeah forging signatures. 
Oh, I got my ass whooped for that. I never hardly got no whoopings either. Mm-hmm. Like that's another yeah, thing I got too. A crazy whooping after that one. My dad had trauma associated with getting whoopings for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. So he never really liked giving us whoopings at all. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't really like doing that. He would just talk to us, and I think that's what he also did great. Because mm-hmm. I think that he would let you know he was disappointed in you, mm-hmm. um, that you was fucking up, and you needed to get your shit together. Yeah, is what he was saying verbatim. And it would, it would like, the message would resonate. He never really had to be like, I'm whooping y'all, I'm doing this. Yeah. But when he did whoop me, I knew I was wrong for it. Mm-hmm. I Like, I, the forging of the signature, that's wrong. Like, you can't he, be doing that. You can't be You'll doing go to that. prison for that. Yeah, in real life. Mm-hmm. Like, the, it was, it honestly, the, the punishment that I received was a comparable punishment to real life. Because in real life, you forge a signature, that's jail time. Yeah. Right? You, you also, with the... I mean, maybe even a deeper message to forging signatures is you got to confront your issues. 100%. You can't be running away from this, right. know, from this tension. 100%. You know, if you get in trouble, you got to face that head on. You got to face that head on. You got yeah. no choice. You know, and you, and you know, also, you know, there's certain times that I've learned from him failing, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was with any types of like drug addiction or, you know, financial issues or whatever the case, mm-hmm. you, you, you learn what not to do in those situations. Yeah, you know, but you also take away the good. Nobody, nobody in this world is all good or bad. The yeah, I think that's the messaging that I kind of want to get across, and that's why I'm saying like mm-hmm. to people to get complete with your, 100%. With your dad because even for me, like we we we're prisoners at a moment, right? right or right. we're only as good as our last game or whatever cliche mm-hmm. you want to throw in there. Um, but you know, I, I and not everybody. I'm not speaking about everybody, but there are people. Um, that have certain relationships with a dad where they might have been there for X amount of years and then they took off or whatever the case may be. But right. if you want to look at it as a glass half empty yeah. situation, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. But if you could kind of like like Eddie was saying or, you know, like myself, I I was mentioning before on a podcast, like I called my dad and just told I just told him, thank you for coming to my games and my track meets and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, which is super, you know, super important. Very in important. A, in childhood. Like I when we lost the championship um, when I was in eighth grade, he was the only one there, you know, as far wow. as like my, my family. And he hugged me when I was crying, walking off the field. You yeah. know what I mean? So those are like if the, if literally that was the only moment we ever had together. I can still look at that situation as like, dang, he did a decent, yeah. he did a decent job versus Man. looking at situations where like, oh, he left here, he didn't do this or he didn't do that or we weren't financially, whatever the case right, may right, be. Right, right, Because you know those are those are you know factual situations, but you know for me personally to be in a better space in my life and not to be walking around frustrated or for me to be able to better to be a better father. Uh, a better friend, a better child, a better whatever the case may be, a better partner. Like you, you almost have to compartmentalize those stories and in the narrative that you you create about your your dad. So, yeah, man. Um, I don't know, man. It's just I think about like my dad being there, mm-hmm. and he was there at times where he probably even shouldn't have been there. I remember yeah. he had a, like an appendix, his, his appendix uh, exploded mm-hmm. and he had to get surgery and whatnot. And they gave him like a little bag that was connected to him to drain out any fluid. Mm-hmm. And usually when that happens, you got to be at home before, you know, you go back to the hospital and have that treated. He was at my football games with that shit. Mm-hmm. He was at my game with that connected to that bag connected to him underneath his shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't miss no fucking games. Yeah. He can't even in the away games. And it was a time where we didn't have a car for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. 
um, car got wrecked and we didn't even have no fucking car. And dad, my dad still showed up to every game. Yeah. You know, and he was hopping on the bus or what? No, nah, he was just uh, either like coming with another parent mm-hmm. to the game. And we live right by BHS. So he made mm-hmm. it to all the home games. Yeah. He would, even if he had to walk there and then the, the games out of town. He would get in there with another uh, another parent mm-hmm. uh, on the team. Yeah, um, but he just didn't miss games. He was yeah. always there. Yeah, regardless of how many how much playing time I got, didn't get whatever. Yeah, you know, he was always there, man. Yeah, and, and I don't know, man. Just even just the the, the sports being connected to sports. Mm-hmm. There was a time where I was hurting the team, and I already mentioned this before on the podcast. But there was a time I was hurting the team is during basketball season. And I shot an air ball. I shot like over the backboard one time, and I threw a hook shot that just was just terrible. He yanked me out the game, sat me on the bench, and was like, "Until you get your head right, you ain't coming back in the game." And yeah. he, put, he put a dude in the game that just was terrible, bro. Yeah, like, he put a dude. Yeah. I forgot to do his name. He put a dude in the game, and the, the team was still struggling and whatnot. And I was sitting on the bench, and all the parents was like, "I was the best player on that team." Mm-hmm. Like, and it was parents on the like. I you could kind of like get a sense for how people are looking at the situation. Yeah. And they was just like, oh, he's on the bench. Like, oh. Yeah. You know, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, he put his son on the bench. And, (laughs) nigga, I came in and lit that bitch up. I probably had close to 30 points. Yeah. And it just was a, it was a reality check. It Mm -hmm. was the most real-world reality check that I've ever gotten, like, concurrently on the spot. Mm -hmm. You know, just the, the life lessons I've learned from my dad. You know, whether good or bad has has greatly benefited my life as a man and as a potential father. Yeah. That's that I think that's the most important thing. Um well another important thing I would say is like we we are a product of the way we were raised, we're a product of where we grew up at, whether it's the city, the apartment complex, the neighborhood, whatever the case may be. Like you carry all of that you know, into whatever relationships um, and, you know, and even, you know, fatherhood ourselves. Right. So in those situations where you may think in the back of your mind, like, I don't need this person or uh, F them or screw that or whatever the case may be, whatever that emotion is, you're still carrying that and you're still passing that on to yeah. your your, you your children. Yeah. Yes. So that's like more importantly why you got to get right. Like the other day, um, I heard somebody and they were they were talking about their mom. It wasn't talking about their dad, but they were they calling her out of her name and calling her the B word and stuff like that. And I'm just like, dang, not that I'm judging them, you know, for how they feel, because I don't even know the context of their relationship. Right. But I do know, however, however that looks, you still carry in that energy into, um, you know, into your child. Yep. And it, it comes out in however it you know, whatever type of way it comes out. So, you know, at least, at least for me, if I can't get right with, with my dad and often, and oftentimes we are versions of the person we despise so much, you know, so that person that's disrespecting a mom, they may act a lot like they mom. And, you know, yeah. for me, the same way I have, I have uh, habits that, you know, my dad has, you know what I mean? And sometimes we only recognize something or we only dislike something because it's in us and we don't actually recognize it. Yeah. You know, so it's just, you know, just for the sake of community, for the sake of, you know, you being a father or you being a, um, 
you know, a parent and stuff like that. You gotta, you gotta get right with these things. Yeah, you definitely do. Mm-hmm. You definitely do. If, even if you're the person that's like, you know, my daddy was never there for me. Mm-hmm. He went to the store and never came back. You know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yo, I think there was a uh, there was a skit I seen. Well, we're gonna move on, but there was a skit that I seen on TikTok that was hilarious. And this dude was like, "Mom, I finally made it to the NFL." And then all of a sudden, you just see like some shoes go walk into the door. I seen that. Oh, you seen that? Yeah. And then it's like he puts like like a bag of bread and some yeah. stuff down. Like he finally did that all of a sudden. <laughs> came back from the store. That's hilarious. Oh man, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, yeah. Happy Father's Day to everybody and mm-hmm. to all of those that you know. Happy uh, Juneteenth, also. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Charlemagne just said it. Uh, what do you say? Happy What do you say? Happy Gay Father's Day or Happy Gay Black Father's Day or some shit? Because he said it's Pride Month, it's oh. Juneteenth, and yeah. it's Father's That's Day hilarious. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, uh, uh, Happy Pride Month to y'all, man. For, mm-hmm. for the, the, you know, um, I don't know how y- y'all celebrate it, but I think that in a time where in my life I've said many homophobic things yeah. um, and had certain worldviews, I think that we sometimes you gotta let people grow and evolve, mm-hmm. and I I feel like especially me saying any of those things was during the time where I felt like it was like it was just culture, mm-hmm. like it was just normal <clears throat> to say these things or say the f word or whatever. Yeah, but I think that it's okay for people that are gay to be comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and some people don't, some people ain't with all the extra, like trying to make you conform, conform to what they believe. They just want to be gay. Yeah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. They just want to be gay. And it's like, you know what? God bless you. Yeah. You know, um, do that. So God bless y'all. Um, happy Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know how to celebrate that. I was actually ed- educated by Frocast podcast yesterday. Actually, mm-hmm. he told me about like the ve- the red velvet cake and what it stands for. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying red, like things like red punch and red juice and stuff. They represent certain cultural meanings, mm-hmm. which is why there's the, there's red velvet cake. Red, okay. So yeah, yeah. I had seen I seen some of that in one of those articles. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's that, that's cool. Yeah. Shout out to Frocast podcast. Thanks for that information, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Go ahead and switch gears. I think we'll. Go I ahead. think we'll. Probably in like five or six years, there'll there'll be more of a culture around how we celebrate Juneteenth. Yeah, because it's right. still fresh. Yeah, it's still fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and black people have been celebrating Juneteenth for a while. It's just more of on a national, mm-hmm. national scale now. Yeah, it definitely. All right, switching gears. Uh, Drake's new album. Uh, Drake's new album is called Honestly Nevermind. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that and, and here's let me let me preface everything I'm about to say by stating um, I don't like to judge any music or any content or mainly music. It's not good to judge music on a first listen. Right. Mm-hmm. You usually want it to you want to warm up to it. Right. But I think that there's there's a fine line between, you know, this has potential. Let me keep listening. Mm-hmm. To just like this is bad, <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that that the 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 actual title of the album is probably the best description to describe the album. Mm-hmm. Honestly, <clears throat> never mind. Let's <laughs> just keep moving on. <laughs> Drake dropped the ball major on this one, and I I hate to fucking say this about content creators, mm-hmm. um, uh, or musicians, but it's just the truth. It just I don't know what he was going for with this one, and I think what really 
made me not mad, but just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. It's the cover art. Once again, very lazy cover art. Yeah. Very, very lazy, very sloppy, not very creative. And what I'm thinking about this, too, is I, I think that Drake may not have enough honest, objective people around him. Because mm-hmm. why would you release this type of stuff, man? I, I uh, Shout out to Letty. Uh, Letty posted on Twitter. She said, Drake's album is for people who shop at H&M. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <right>? yeah. <laughs> this shit is just not good, man. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm sorry. This this is good to somebody. So like don't don't listen to me on the podcast saying this and just be like, yeah, um Eddie's right. Like listen for yourself. I've listened six times over cuz I'm trying to make the album good. Mm-hmm. I don't like to disrespect people's art. And I usually wait a while. Like the Kendrick album, I listened for a while before I had an opinion. I feel like it's a good project. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um but this man, oh man. I don't know what the fuck Drake was going for, and you said it earlier before the podcast. Like, don't feel bad for Drake. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Drake. If you choose to listen to this album one time through, and you're like, I don't like it, um, that's cool because Drake is very successful. Like, he's not hurting. He got many, many hit records and albums that sold multi platinum. Like, he ain't hurting for no more strings. Right, and I think the laziness of it all too. Like, you mentioned something that is also very true: the singing. Like, I don't mind Drake singing at all, but I think that it has never evolved. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same Drake from 2008. Mm-hmm. I feel that you want to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like, nigga, can you really <laughs> work on your vote? Like, like, there's nothing. There's no, like, like, uh, uh, there's no real range. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the same shit. The same yeah. very, br- like, breathy singing. Even even the even the um a person like Beyonce is a person that if you look at her career, right, you can see that she is a, a much better vocalist. Yes, you know now, and she has a new album that's coming out. So I'm sure you'll hear some type of growth even from her last album to this album in terms of like her vocal ability. And these are people that actually care. Like I remember, um, there was a there was a. a it wasn't really an interview. I guess you would call it an interview. It was like a small segment that they had on BET, and it was Brandy, and she was just talking about singing. And you know, Brandy is one of the best vocalists, um, you know, in terms of R and B. So she was talking about how she needed to still work on like her lower register or something mm, like that. Yeah. So you got like the people that are like yeah. already there. It's they, just like a guy like Michael Jordan or Kobe. Kobe like, oh, maybe I need to work on my handle a little mid-range. bit. Yeah, I need to, you know, get better from the three-point line or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, the, these guys that mm-hmm. are here, they're all, they're still trying to. Yeah, you got Drake. <laughs> like Drake is like very like monotone singer mm-hmm. like i feel that you want to be with me like <laughs> the whole time like the like the, there's no real like voice inflections like this emotion is nothing not it's yeah. just like very monotone like i'm just like no i can't mm-hmm. i can't and it's too much of that and it's just that that little uh whatever it's like a fake edm like jamaican like beats that he's using afro beat like, kind of thing doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. <laughs> I, I I guess for me it's like this is not this album is not for me. No. When I cut it on, I'm a Drake fan. Um, I also. love Drake. Yeah. So when I I was in the gym earlier and I was like, oh, I forgot Drake dropped the album because I was listening to Westside Boogie. So I was like, dang, let me see see if Drake got the slaps on this one. 
Um, and I haven't listened to the whole album, so I'm not going to give some type of review on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I will say is, like, in terms of, like, me being in the gym, it wasn't the type of music that I wanted to hear. Mm-mm. So I skipped through a couple of it, hoping to find, like, the rap record on there, and right. I just didn't find it. But um, what I will say is, like, um, it's it's going to work in some capacity. You know what I mean? There's probably yeah. some girls, you know, riding around listening to that or um, whatever the case may be. I, th- I, I think, I guess just for me, I wish it was kind of, like, prefaced with yeah like hey guys like um he he did the the one album where he basically said this is a playlist like it's not a typical drake album this is a playlist yeah you know where i just threw together like some some cool songs like if he kind of prefaced it like hey i'm experimenting a little i'm singing more on this one i'm doing whatever the case may be i would have went into it like oh okay like kind of knowing what to expect but, you know, when I hear the first song, and generally the first song on Drake's albums is him just barring up, like mm. him rapping for three minutes he's straight. Missing. And he wasn't, he was just, you know, he came out singing. So right now, yeah, he's just missing. I, he had, I don't want to say his last album was bad. It wasn't, <clears throat> it was, it was not great either. I, maybe I would say decent. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, like from Drake, like the type of music caliber that Drake releases, like he's missed two times in a row so far. So, I think he's trying to find himself, I guess. Yeah. And what's funny about Drake is when he's like singing, I almost feel like he's talking to like one specific woman. Yeah, yeah. Like, you left your DiGiorno pizza on my counter. <laughs> then you closed the door and left. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But I can't give you the keys to my new place. <laughs> You'd be like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I, I, I think um, when I look at artists, I guess um, in terms of Drake's music, if you look at his peers, his peers seem to be um, their uh, talent or their skills are rising. And also the music is um, parallel with their life. Right. Mm -hmm. So you got a guy like Kendrick Lamar. His whole album is about like just his his life, his life, being a father and therapy and relationship, you know, toxic relationships. And, you know, society, uh, trans, you know, trans people, all these different things. You know, that's like he's in his 30s now. That's the type of music that he's making. And J. Cole is probably. Um, you know, on that similar level of, of Kendrick, where like their music is like mature in a way where it Kendrick fits. Kendrick is a genius, bro. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I hate to say that because people abuse it, but Kendrick is a genius. Yeah, I, I agree. Musical genius. Um, and like, you know, guys like J. Cole, like they're maturing. The guy, Jay Z, his last album, 444, which was, you know, kind of. Um, similar in tone to uh to Kendrick Lamar's album but i think for drake <clears throat> we don't really see that that maturation you know we don't see um we see like um i guess what what i would put like an immature tone in terms of like what his relationships look like like he's still a rapper like a rapper rapper like still getting hoes and still out here yeah you know dating people and and stuff like that but we don't get like the the grown-up version of drake where he's talking about consistently talking about it because he always like he talks about his dad and he talks about his mom and how 40 is getting sick and things like that but i'm saying for a consistent 
consistently over the course of a project. We don't know what that looks like for Drake. Because he could talk about his dad and his mom on one song, and the next song is about, you know, going to the club or something like that. Yeah, it's like, come on. Tell my liar she on fire. She should work tonight. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like real women to be talking about. Real names. Real It'd be like, and he'll put like a nickname. He's like, I met Fifi on the bus. <laughs> she said she wanted to be with me. Please, girl, don't leave. <laughs> like, bro, like this is not. You see what I just did right now? Yeah. That was Drake. Yeah. That's literally what Drake is. Put some tune on there. You put some auto-tune on this shit right now? Yeah, that's a hit. It's a hit. Yeah. We got to put auto-tune on that clip, man. <laughs> it's a little harder than... Yeah. yeah no. it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. like, he stopped doing that. He used to do that in like a 2009, 2008. Yeah. He'd be like... <laughs> Drake just started making up his own shit. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is not, this ain't it. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I think, you know, Drake is going to be good regardless. Yeah. My opinion, it just doesn't really matter. 100%. We're um, just and I'm also a, f- a fan of his, so I don't right. even want it, this to be taken as like hate or something. 100%. Like we could be, you could be fans of somebody, but objectively hold them accountable for when they do things that are not good. I don't care. And that goes for anything, whether you're liberal, conservative, whatever you are, call out the fuck shit. Mm-hmm. If, if something you don't like, make sure you, it makes you more credible when you do that. Mm-hmm. It makes you more credible when you can see whatever you support and tear it apart. Yeah. Because if you can tear it apart, it is like, hey, I still support this idea, but I see the the shit that exists in it that is not good. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to Drake, the last two albums to me, not that great. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I? Uh, I'm a truck driver with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But fuck. Like that's just that's just how I feel, man. Just I'm using Drake's music as a metric, but even that too is not right because sometimes artists evolve, you know. Yeah. But, but in Drake's case, no, he never evolved from the day he started making music. That was like back in 08. That was, was that? Yeah, it was 08. Uh, Best I ever had was that 08 that came out or 09? I don't remember. It's one of those. But ever since Best I Ever Had, which is probably just, that's where Drake fucking arrived. Mm -hmm. From that moment to now, his vocal, like his singing, has not gotten better. (laughs) It is not. You have to work on it, though. Like, you have to. Yeah. You don't just become a better singer. Like, you got to really work on these things. Yeah. Especially when you're not a natural. You know, you know, there's people in church that just sing, like, they, they roll out of bed and just can sing. Um, if you're not that kind of person, then you got to work on it. Drake needs to take like three years away from music. And I think he needs to take that time to just live his life. Drake, if Drake decided to retire and not make music, he nobody would frown on that. Mm-hmm. Because Drake is just like, Drake is in his mid-30s, man. Like, bro, I don't know if he's ever took time to really smell the roses or smell the flowers. Like, I guess he talked about that too. He's like, I'm constantly, you know. He talked about that on an interview, I think, with... Mm-hmm. Um, B dot and um, Elliot Wilson, mm-hmm. or is it Elliot, what's the name? Elliot what? Yeah, Elliot Wilson. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I never really take the time to just smell the roses because it's just a constant, constant thing. I'm just constantly working and doing things and creating sounds and you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like I get it, bro. But it's like you're at the point now where you're the equivalent of an athlete who was dominant, who was great, who was one of the greatest players ever and now he's at he's on the back end of his career now now 
you know, he's like turning into Kevin Durant. Correct. Kevin Durant is a great player, one of the best players ever in the NBA. But you can see, you know, his skills starting to devolve. Mm-hmm. You can see him not being as quick at times. You can see him like falling down sometimes. Or mm-hmm. I, I think a perfect example is not even Kevin Durant. It's Harden. James Harden. James Harden. Like he just be missing shots. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes he'd be looking like he'd be looking fat sometimes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. So it's like, ah, uh, yeah. I, don't. I, I think for, for I guess for me, if I would say that Drake needs to step away. It would just be like you said to smell the just to live life, yeah. Like not even like, and I think uh, I was saying this before the podcast, but I think him and I'm not, I can't tell him what to do or no. what type of lifestyle he should. But I would just say like, I think if he had um, a serious relationship, probably would help him. Um, that would that would help the content of, of his music to where you know people like you know I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm. I don't go to the club. You no, know what I mean. No. I don't have a fantasy of like girls loving girls and no. all these different things. Like I, I am more interested in the subject matter that you know, you know, guy like Kendrick is putting out. So yeah, yeah. I would honestly say from Drake, I think he's bored. I, I don't think there's anything else he could do with women that would be amusing to him. Mm-hmm. Like just honestly, and and I could be talking out of my ass, but. Drake could pretty much fuck whoever he wants. He could have nine sums if he wants to. Mm-hmm. I, I, you notice I didn't say three sums. I said nine sums. Mm-hmm. I think Drake could. I think Drake could successfully find nine women who want to have sex with him at the same Bad time. Bad ones too. Fine ones. Mm-hmm. So he's like he's out of ideas. He doesn't. He it's nothing else he could do in that realm. He gets everything he wants. Mm-hmm. But a real, probably a real serious, decent relationship with Drake is something that's a huge challenge for him. Mm-hmm. So maybe he should take some time away from music and, you know, and maybe work on that. I don't know. I don't know if that's what he should do or not do. I just think it's a little bit weird, like in your later 30s to be having, it's like future, same thing. You know, me and future, same age. And it, and, and just the, the whole womanizing stuff, it shit yeah. gets old, man. In your 30s, it, I mean, you got to look at it, like I said, look at it as, his peers and then also looking at you know the places or people he's trying to you know get to the guy like jay-z like he got a in terms of from the outside looking in it looks like a stable relationship right he's doing whole albums with beyonce you know what i mean like that's that's part of his uh that's part of his story and you know j cole and kendrick you know, being the two guys he's always compared to, they have long term relationships. Yeah, I don't know, know why I'm thinking. I don't know why I'm thinking about this. You know, the song that lives in my head, rent free, is that fucking future song. I will wait for you, for you. Oh yeah, but like a fucking the Tim sample. Yeah, Tim's. But mm-hmm. um, what's his face? Uh, future is like mumbling. I don't know what the fuck he's saying. Mm-hmm. Like I will wait. But I don't know that I gave it I'm like, this nigga's trying to sing now. Future sounds like he eats cigarettes. Why the fuck is he trying to vo- like have anything vocally? <laughs> That's funny, man. I will wait for you. Fire. I'm out of <laughs> you already know what it is. I will wait for you. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, it, what, what sometimes reminds me of uh, certain artists, and I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but um, Anthony Davis just uh, 
he did, I don't know if he was doing an interview. I don't know what it was. I but know, he was yeah. like, I haven't touched a basketball since April 4th or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that oftentimes reminds me of, of musicians, you know. And the, the part, part of it is because rap is so easy, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you could do it on a laptop and you could get a beat off of YouTube and you can record and you can steal somebody else's flow and you can just rap about something that you don't necessarily have and it could work. Um, but when you think about like like real classical um, musicians or the music that our parents grew up on, um, the Marvin Gaye's, the Al Green's and all, all that, like these are people that put in a lot of work to, to, to be um, successful musicians. You know, whether that was growing up in church or, um, you know, you hear about Whitney Houston's story and how she learned how to sing in church and she learned from her mom I believe and um, you know just thinking about a guy like Prince who was uh, an amazing producer he played the guitar he played the bass he might have played a bunch of other instruments as well Um, you just don't see that type of uh, that type of care for music that you used to and I think I think that's very apparent you know yeah yeah I mean, I'm going to have a lot more to offer this conversation. Um, but I will say, um, definitely Drake is one of the greatest artists to ever live. Um, that's a fact. Yeah. And I hope he continues to make great music, but at this time, it's just not great. <laughs> Honestly, never mind, Drake. Okay, that's the name <laughs> of your album. That's the name. That's the best way to describe how I feel about it. <laughs> All right, switching gears. Dale Curry, um, Dale Curry and his wife. Um, just last night, uh, Steph Curry won the NBA championship. Yeah, congrats to Steph and yeah. the Warriors, man. Yeah, congratulations to the the Steph, the Warriors, Dray- Draymond, all those guys over there. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a there was a story no one's talking about too much, but it's very odd. Um, they filed for divorce. Um, I forgot, was it like last December or before then? Whenever it was. But they filed for divorce. Uh, Dale Curry and his wife, the parents Sonia. of Sonia Curry, the, the parents of Steph and uh, his brother Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. And, okay, whatever. She was rumored to be dealing with some guy that she was with in college or whatever. And what ended up happening, which is very strange, is all of a sudden in the NBA Finals, the guy that she was rumored to be with, she was with him at the game. And on the other side was Dell Curry with some woman, right? Some white woman, right? But what ended up happening is that white woman was at one time married to the man that's dealing with Sonia Curry. So they basically wife swapped. <laughs> and they put this on display during the NBA finals, which to me I thought was a little bit much. Like this is That's your this is your son's like your this is your son's environment, right? Whether it's Dale, I feel like it was very mature on Dale and Sonia's part, right? Because you guys have been going to the game with each other for all these years, doing all these championships. The relationship ends, okay, fine, I get it, but you guys gotta you invited the people you're dating who at one point they were married also. That's just kind of like it's fucking weird. So much. It's inappropriate, and I feel bad for Steph Curry. And here's why: I feel bad for Steph because he subjected the things 
that it, they're, they're beyond his control, but they like make him, I don't even say they make him look bad, but it's like you're adding elements to stuff that he has nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. For one, his own wife was on TV saying she needs more male attention. As a married woman, she wants more male attention. And the women that were on the panel were like, that's right, girl, I feel you. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. First of all, that's inappropriate. If a man said that shit, he'd get torn apart. Secondly, Steph has not done anything publicly to make her look bad. So you got his own wife out here making him look bad, saying she needs more attention from men. And then you got his own parents having a fucking wife swap during the NBA finals. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild, man. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. Somebody, uh, I think Kendrick Perkins might have actually mentioned the, uh, I don't know who it was. I don't even want to say a name, but... Uh, one of those sports analysts or commentators, they were uh, talking about it. They were like, you know, I'm just kind of, um, oh, it might have been Charles Barkley, actually. He was like, you know, it's a lot of drama going on with with his parents' relationship, and I'm just happy for Steph Curry that he kind of, like, gets to let his shoulders down now that he's won won the finals. Um, but, yeah, it's it's almost like, like, the uh the drama in his parents relationship was brought to you know something that it didn't even need to be brought to i feel like you know do it do what you want to do um in terms of your relationship but kind of bringing that to steph's game you know the very pivotal game um as well because when i seen it i seen dale with some white girl and i was like who is this white girl that that dale is with i don't know if they so they showed his uh steph's mom on camera um during the game but uh when i seen it, i was like who who is this person he hugging her after steph shooting threes and whatnot i'm like dang this is this is interesting i guess he done moved on um and then afterwards you start to hear the 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 you know what they did in terms of the wife swapping, and Sonia was there with the guy and stuff like that. Yeah, that shit weird. And I was just like, this is this is a just is as a uh, a lot to to be bringing to a very important. You know, mo- probably the most important games that Steph has played up until you know up until that point. Man. And you bring in this family drama into into. The I wouldn't game. even be I wouldn't even be mad at Steph if he cheated, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. If Steph just if they find out Steph is cheating, I'll be like, man. It's about right. time you did something, Steph. What you mean? I'm just saying in general, just the the, the amount of people that didn't slighted Steph. Oh, okay. if Steph got busted cheating or something, I'd be like, man, it's about time you did something, Steph. Yeah, some type of scandal. Get your rocks off, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Steph cheat, he got to cheat with like the baddest girl in the world, though. Yeah, it can't be, be no regular. Yeah, it can't be nothing regular. No. Yeah. Steph, it gotta be like, Steph strike me as the type of nigga that will fuck like fuck with a DoorDash girl on the on the low. <laughs> That's comedy. Yeah, but no, nah, man, it, it's just very awkward. It's very weird. I think that they could have they could have still attended the game by themselves and probably sat away from each other. I think that would have been the most appropriate thing. Mm-hmm. But I think there was intention behind it, and I think that either Sonia or Dale. I think Dale reacted to Sonya. I think Sonya. That's probably what happened. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Sonya was like, I'm bringing him to the game. I don't care, whatever. And it's more or less probably the slight Dale. And Dale was like, oh, really? Well, I'm fucking his ex-wife, so I'm going to bring her to the game. And it's like, you decided to display that immaturity on the biggest platform in the NBA, which is the NBA Finals, with your kids right there. And I don't think, yeah. I don't think all actions could describe who a person is, but I think this is very, this is very um, black and white here. You lack the maturity to keep the attention off yourself. That speaks volumes of you 
and yeah. how much you even care about your son's career. You may care about his career and his image, but you don't care about his image enough. You, you like you care about your immaturity more than his image. Yeah, I think um, also too like I just would hope that there's a level of cordiality right, right. in their relate. Like you've been married for so long, you got three kids together, yeah. you got grandchildren. Um, and only a year ago, you guys were, you know, celebrating together. And, you know, there was that games where Steph and Seth were, were playing each other, wearing different jerseys of each of their sons and the split jersey and, and all this stuff. I'm just like, dang, like how how fast things things change, you know. I, I would, you know, I guess, you know, I can't speak for their relationship and how it ended, but um, – you know, I would just hope that they, that even you know possibly being able to sit by each other that like you got kids together, but that's just not how it how it played out. But yeah, I think just that added, I would say annoyance. That added annoyance of like having and they not they not asking Steph those questions because I think um, the uh, commentators have a lot of uh, not gonna call them commentators, but the journalists have a lot of respect for Steph, and you know they don't necessarily want to bring the drama to like you you would if if somebody asked that question in the post game they would probably get like kicked out or something like yeah. that on some nonsense um but yeah just that he dealing with you know defenses and rotation changes and starting lineup changes yeah. and stuff like that and then you also got to deal with your it, parents being petty I, I think what i love about like kendrick perkins and um Charles Barkley is the fact that they'll bring up some shit that everyone is too afraid to bring up, and they'll yeah. say it. Yeah. Charles Barkley will be like, that was a great game by Steph Curry, but it's kind of strange how his parents switching up with different people on the sideline. Yeah. It's a lot of – that's a distraction. But Steph Curry playing a good game. Yeah. He, <laughs> I think he just need to get his head in the game and yeah. don't worry about what his parents trying to do. You know? <laughs> like He used to always say – it didn't matter who the fuck it was. It'd be yeah. like Kobe like – Kobe need to focus on the game. He got his head all all over the place. Kobe need to play the game of basketball and stop playing around. Yeah. Kendrick is the type of nigga that, like, uh, he'll be on first take, like, honestly, like, if you really think about it, when <laughs> I played the game, it wasn't nobody really doing. Draymond didn't do a better job than what I did when I played. Yeah. It's the same. We was facilitating the league. It wasn't no real big difference. And Steph Curry out here playing really good, and Dale out here with white women. Back in my day, we didn't date no white women. I played the game. I was on the Celtics. <laughs> DiGiorno pizza is better than delivery. I tried to tell y'all, and I ate four pizzas by myself. I'm a country boy. I don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> Kendrick Perkins is wild, but hey, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Draymond had a better team for longer, but you can't front on Kendrick Perkins and act like he a bum because he wasn't no fucking bum, dog. No, not at all. He wasn't no yeah. bum and undersized too. It, uh, in, uh, well, no, Kendrick Perkins was big as fuck. He was big, but in terms of like the, he was a center at six ten. You know, going up against some you know people that were I would say much taller than him. He yeah. was a wide body though. Yeah, he's a wide body. Though. He was tough. Mm-hmm. He played in a tougher league than Draymond. Draymond a tough guy in this league, but it ain't no tough guys. Mm-hmm. Back in the back then, he had Shaq. You had motherfucking all these big players there. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Amari. You had Garnett. You had uh, Duncan. You had all these yeah. other good centers and shit back then. Mm-hmm. Centers and power forwards because 
Back then, all them centers and power forwards, bro, that was a deadly time. The 90s was the most deadliest time for centers and power forwards. Yeah, more skilled. Um, yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon. More on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back, especially in the 90s, Hakeem Olajuwon and mm-hmm. fucking uh, Tim Duncan and um, uh, uh, David Robinson, Patrick mm-hmm. Ewing. Yeah. Like, it was a fucking bloodbath every night. Yeah. But nowadays, ain't it's no true centers no more. Yeah, it's a different game. Man, it's, it's, and this small ball stuff, like, sometimes it's hard to watch. These, mm-hmm. these, these niggas, like, they dribble too much. Mm-hmm. They shoot from far out. Like, <clears throat> I get it, but it's just the game of basketball is not as engaging for me. And, I, I, and honestly, I don't think it's my age because I exist in, a, in an age range where I've seen the old NBA and the new NBA. And I seen the last NBA that was in between. It was the last great NBA, and that was when Kobe was playing. Mm-hmm. Like, and all the way up to about 2010. After yeah. 2010, the league started to slowly start to change. Yeah, you know, then this fucking small ball start popping up. I think for me, I I, I don't. Um, I like today's game. The only thing I don't like about today's game is the the four and the five are probably like the least skilled. Yeah. Um, that I've ever seen, you know, it's, yeah. it's fives that five, a five will be or a center. A center will be um, go bear. They'll have Steph Curry on a block and pass it out. You know, they don't even have a, a move to to lay the ball up. You know what I mean? When Shaq, you know, Sha- Shaq will say barbecue chicken. If Shaq has Steph on him, if they ever switched for for whatever reason, he's going to score the ball. He's yeah. probably going to dunk it, but. Um, now you see like just very low skill. Uh, yeah, like like you said, Rudy Gobert is a great defender, but he can't really put the ball in a hoop. Mm-mm. He don't have a he don't have a go to move, and that's just. The, the I do not difference. know how to shoot it. I can't shoot. It. <laughs> not to shoot we, the ball. We 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 we. We don't know how to shoot it. I, <laughs> I go back to my country. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know. It's just it's a it's, it is a different game, but. Um, as far as Dell and Sonya, man, I think <laughs> I think they uh, they gotta they need to communicate, you know, and that pettiness that we'd seen on display, and it, it seems like they got it right um, in Game Six because they was both there by themselves, or you know mm-hmm. they left they left the whatever at home, and I you know maybe that that conversation was handed down to somebody by, I mean t- they you know talked it out or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, they 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 got it right at Game Six because I I would have I would have been probably felt worse for him if that happened in the closeout game. You yeah. know, you on the court hugging your mom and your dad, and you got these freaking uh, placeholders. You know, yeah. you know, walking around on the court and stuff. That shit ain't gonna last. Y'all gonna replace them too? Yeah, that's not gonna last. Yeah, y'all just y'all just out here being it like little kids. But mm-hmm. what's crazy too is like because we would wrap it up. People be on some freak shit too. I know this girl that literally like they have like she's married, but they have girlfriends. Like they literally find girls and girls get in relationships with them. Like an open relationship? Not even open. It's just like they just find girlfriends. Oh, like a, a like a I don't even know what you what is that called? I don't know. They just literally have threesomes and shit. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, like this is a real thing. Like I guess there's dating apps for people that want to find like girlfriends, like married yeah. couples. Yeah. Like, is that like swing consider swingers? No, it's not a swinger when it's just a girl. Like they want a girlfriend for their relationship. Yeah. So they they basically they got websites of single women who are fucking couples. Trying to find Yeah. Like, I, well, I guess for me I'm just trying to find the terminology for it. I don't know. At, I, all I all I can say is this. I can say like I think it's very like, simple. Thruple. 
Yeah, I think that's probably what it is a throuple. Yeah. I think it's very selfish to the woman if she doesn't like women, though. I think if Sometimes a woman is... Sometimes women do get forced in that yeah, to please they man. To please they man. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's okay <clears throat> that if she's not a, a, like a lesbian or she's not bisexual and you just want a girl and she's doing these things to keep you happy, I don't think yeah. that's... That's not making her happy. You just getting your rocks off. I feel like, too, like, we need a certain level of discipline in our life. Yeah, we do. We can have, we can, you can create whatever type of relationship you want to. Like, Mm -hmm. if I decide, you know, I would probably need to be famous and rich. But if I decide, like, I just want two girlfriends, you know what I mean? Then that's, that's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, like, I feel like if you don't have a certain level of discipline in your life, then you can never really be like extremely successful, Mm-mm. you know. And that's why, like, in terms of, I guess, just the public a- a- appearance of, you know, LeBron James' relationship, we don't, we don't hear. There's rumors that be circulating, but I'm talking about real cold hard facts. We have never seen LeBron, you know, kissing on nobody. We ain't seen no pictures of him behind the scenes doing no. nothing crazy. And you know, that's part of you know the discipline that probably allows him to be extremely successful. And yeah. same with Steph. Like, we haven't seen him doing out, out here on no wild and crazy stuff in the club with nobody. You know how, like, Jay, uh, what's the dude's name uh, on, the, on the Cavaliers that was dating Khloe Kardashian? Oh, Tristan Thompson. Trist- yeah, we don't Christ. see, we don't see though. But you look, look at look at Tristan Thompson's career versus LeBron James and Steph Curry. Yeah. So you just see, like, there's a certain level of uh, discipline that, you know, kind of translates to success. the consummate piece of shit. He got his trainer pregnant. That's crazy. So yeah. it's like she's training him and he's training her. He's like, look, okay, that was a great session. I'll pay you in dick after we get done. That sounds crazy. And she is she fine too. And mm-hmm. she was like big old stomach pregnant talking he about just Tristan be, got me pregnant. He just be apologizing to Chloe. But yeah. you know, wh- whatever, Tristan, you know, good for you. But you know, I just I just think like in terms of relationships, like you just you 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 just need a certain level of discipline. Um and when you create a relationship where you can have you know, another girlfriend in your relationship or you swinging or you doing all this stuff. It's just like, I don't know. It just, I, to me, it doesn't work. It's just a lot. Yeah. Yep. Man, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, man. Got nothing else to say. Yep. Well, um, we apologize for the short podcast, but like I mentioned at the top, um, got to head to work now. So if you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. We're out of here. Peace.